There's three topics that I think are, are vital for every Christian to get a hold of. We talk about, you know, we live by the Word, building a foundation on God's Word. That's so important in our lives, but there's three, there's three topics of that foundation, and we actually went over Hebrews 6. I don't even know how many weeks we did on that. Those are foundational doctrines. But there's three things that I believe that are really important for every uh, believer to get a hold of. The first one is who you are in Christ. It's important for us to know what Christ has purchased for us and what position he has placed us in, right? We, we started off Triumph Church in, in our home, and the very first topic that we, we talked about was the believer's authority. I think it's, that's a very important topic for us to understand. If you don't understand who you are in Christ, then the devil can just kind of move you and shift you, you know, almost wherever he wants because you don't know any different, right? Another, another one is how to be led by the Holy Spirit. We have, we're led by the, the Holy Spirit. I believe that's another very important topic. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, will lead us into all truth. He will always lead you in all truth, and he will always lead you according to God's word. He will never operate outside of the Bible. And we have so many decisions that we have to make in our lives. Now, I'm not talking about decisions like which socks I'm going to wear today, but we have a lot of major decisions that we make that affect so much in our lives, can affect people around us. It's good to know that the Holy Spirit is directing you when to do it, how to do it, what to do. You know what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit is our helper, and He'll help us in every aspect of our lives. Another one is living by faith. The Bible actually says that anything not of faith is sin. Well, that's, that's interesting, isn't it? Anything not of faith is sin. What I've talked about faith is simply believing that God is telling the truth. So if we're not in faith, then what are we in? And if we're not believing that God is telling the truth, then what are we believing? So you can see why anything not of faith is sin. Because if we're not in faith then we're in doubt. We're doubting God at His Word. Do we believe His Word? Do we really believe everything that is between these pages? Some of the, some of the things in these pages really are kind of hard-hitting, aren't they? And, and some people actually don't like different things that they read in the Bible. And my response is always, well, why don't you just take that page that you don't like and just rip it right out? If you don't like it, then then discard it. But if you rip out one page and you don't like a page in there, then who's to say there's something else in there that isn't truth? Like this is either truth or it's not. All of this is either, is either true or it's not. Like we can't pick and choose. Like this is, this is God's word. We can't pick and choose what we want to believe of what God says and discard like something else. You know, I don't know about you, but if I, if I tell someone something and they're like, well, I, I liked what you said another time, but what you're saying right now isn't true. It's like, what? Why would you think, why would you think I'm lying to you? Like, it's insulting, isn't it? But when we doubt, when we're in doubt about God's word, that's what it is, isn't it? We're, we're basically insulting God, insulting his word, 
insulting his character, his integrity. Like this has to be, like if God's not telling the truth in here, then what is he telling us? Is God a liar? Bible says he's not a liar, right? He's not a, doesn't lie. He tells us the truth and leads us into truth in all things. So this morning we're going to talk about, about faith. And I talked about the arena of faith. And what's interesting is I like what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Timothy um, chapter 6 and verse 12. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Faith is a fight sometimes. It's easy, I think, just to, how to delicately say this, just to accept what the devil tries to do in our lives. Just to accept him stealing. Just to accept him trying to kill things in our lives, kill our dreams, kill our purpose, and to accept the destruction that he tries to cause in our lives. That's the easy way out. And we can say, you know, well, I just believe that God is sovereign. And if he wants to do something, he's going to do it. And it'll just happen. But we don't see that in the Bible. Things aren't just going to happen. Things are going to uh, happen or not happen because we have faith in this or we don't. And we're going to see how to apply this to our lives today. But faith, faith is a fight. It's a battle sometimes. Like, I'm dealing with some personal things myself. And it's a battle. And you can either choose to just kind of give in and be lazy about it, or you can choose to fight. Like, I'm a fighter. You know, you've heard of the reflex, you know, fight or flight, right? I had a friend years ago, uh, when I was single, I had a, a couple flatmates, and I was home uh, before work. My other flatmates were gone, and while I was in my room cleaning up and things, I had a friend sneak into my home. I didn't lock the door. I left it unlocked. Well, he snuck in, went into the shower, shut the shower curtain, and so after a while, I, I went in to use the toilet. Well, he jumps out of the shower. Oh, made my heart stop, but my reaction was attack. <laughs> Not flee, attack. That's, that's my initial response. Someone comes at me, my initial response is to attack. Someone backs me into a corner, where else am I going to go? I'm going to come out swinging. But that's how we need to be. I scared my friend more than he scared me. <laughs> he jumped out and I jumped back at him. I saw who it was, so I was able to like pull back. Wound up just tackling him in the tub, but... But our, our, our reaction should be, when the devil comes at us, are we going to fight or are we going to flight? If we want to see God's promises be fulfilled in our lives, it's going to be a fight. And it's not going to be easy all the time. Jesus never said it was going to be easy. Of course, we know uh, Scripture, a good example would be if we have sickness in our bodies. The Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I've laid hands on sick people and, and seen people recover instantaneously. I've laid hands on other people and didn't see anything. What's the difference? Sometimes things are between that person and God. Are they believing God for healing? The Lord knows. He's the discerner of people's hearts, right? We just have to be obedient to God's Word. We lay hands on the sick and pray for them because we believe that God's Word is truth, don't we? 
We're going to be obedient whether we see someone get healed or not. You look in Hebrews chapter 11, it's the Faith Hall of Fame, right? The beginning of that chapter, we all get really excited about. Abraham received because of his faith. Noah received because of his faith. All these people received because of their faith. Have you ever read the, the latter part, the part that people would rather not read about people being sawn in half, you know, like people being killed? They're right there in that chapter, and the Bible says, you know, that those are people of faith, that they didn't receive in this life what it was that they were believing God for. But they remained in faith. They didn't see it in the natural, but in, in the spirit, like they believed. They believed it. And the Bible says they're going to receive great reward for that. Our faith isn't determined on what we see. It shouldn't be. If it is, then, you know, that's just kind of, I don't know, lukewarm faith, you could say. Like, if, if, you, if you're able to believe just because you see it, that's not really faith, is it? You're just believing it because you can see it, you can, you can feel it. Faith is, you can see it in your, in your heart, in your spirit. Like, you know it exists because God's Word uh, says it does. In John chapter 6 and verse 33, Jesus says in the Amplified Classic, he says that you're going to have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustrations. But the way we're going to triumph over these is by what? By our faith. We're going to triumph over these by our faith. Let's turn to, for a moment, uh, to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. How can faith be a substance? A substance is something, I think this is my coffee. I just took a drink of a substance. Some, something I can touch, I can feel it as I went to it. Like it's, it's a substance. Well, how can faith, something that seems intangible, how can that actually be a substance? Well, I like how the, the Living Translation says Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, faith shows the reality of things hoped for. So faith makes something become a reality in our life. In the Passion Translation, it says, faith brings our hopes into reality. So it becomes a substance as we believe God, as we have faith in Him, in His Word, that He's going to bring that to fruition in our life. So what is it that you're believing God for? What, what is it that you're applying your, your faith to? Sometimes that's a fight. Sometimes that takes time. You know, just because something doesn't happen instantaneously doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Sometimes there's, there's faith fights, things that we're believing God for that takes a lot of time. You know, Amy, Amy and I, with this church, I use it as a really, real easy uh, example is it was something that was in our hearts that we're believing God for started the process and then COVID happened, right? How deflating, you know? But we never let go of that. We kept believing the Lord and what is it now? Like now it's substance. We're meeting together as a church. In 14 days, we're officially launching the church. Very publicly, we're planting that flag and is saying Triumph Church exists and Triumph Church is here 
and we are believing God, that, we have a, that God has a plan, that he has a purpose for the church, and we are going to impact this community, whether the devil likes it or not, whether anyone else likes it or not. We're going to do our part. But that's been a faith battle. Like, we had to contend for that. There are some points where, where we just fasted and prayed. You know, Lord, do you still want us to do this? Because I have no idea what's going on. Lockdown, open, lockdown, open, and kill dare. You know, like it was pretty crazy. We had some of the, the hardest and strictest lockdowns. It wasn't easy, but you have to hold, like if, if God puts something in your heart, and if you have God's word for it, you grab a hold of that, and you don't let go, no matter what. No matter what you see, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what anyone else is telling you, and a lot of times the people closest to you are the ones that the devil tries to use to tear down your faith. You know, when Amy and I moved over to Ireland, we had to raise support in order to be over here because at that time we couldn't receive any finances from within the country at all. Everything had to come from outside of Ireland. Well, it costs a lot of money to live in Ireland. Ireland is one of the most expensive places to live in Europe. The closer you get to Dublin, the more expensive it gets, right? So we, we, had to have, we had to put our faith out there for that, and the Lord provided for all of that. But it's something that you have to contend for, and you don't let go of it. No matter what it is, like you have to grab a hold of that and refuse to let go. Amen? What's interesting about God's Word is this isn't just another religious book. There's a lot of religious books out there. There's a lot of religions out there, but this is the only one. The Bible says that it's living and active. Well, how can the Bible be living and active? It's, a, it's just a book. It's, it's pages with, with words. How can this be living and active? Well, if you looked in the, the, the first chapter of the Gospel of John, what does it say? The very first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was what? God. Was God. Jesus is the Word. Like he's, 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 the, he's the Word that exists. This is just basically a representation of the living Word that is Jesus. These are His words. So the Bible is alive. It's alive through, through Jesus. You don't have faith in God's Word. Why can you have faith in God's Word? Because the Word is, is Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 38, it says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Jesus' expectation is that each of us would live by faith. Now the just shall live by faith. I'm not talking about just identifying as a person of faith. Like we can say, well, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm a person of faith. But he's not talking about what you represent as. He's saying that you actually live by faith. That it's something when you wake up in the morning, like you're living by faith. How are you going to pay for your electricity bills this coming winter? I don't know. What's it going to be like? I don't know. Like the world's changing so much and the structure of different things. And we don't know what it's going to be like. We need to, starting as soon as possible, be living in every area of our lives by faith. 
Don't just rely on your job to be your source financially. Like, trust God. What happens if, if just the world goes absolutely mad? And things collapse? What if the housing crisis in Ireland got worse? We can't put our faith in man's systems. That can't be where our faith is. So every area of our life, if you need to go to the doctor, you know what it's like. You need a scan. Well, we can get you in next year sometime. You need faith in God, right? Thank God for a medical system to help us. But we need to put our faith in God in every area of our lives. Whether it's our finances, whether it's in uh, you know, our, our bodies, whether it's in housing, like whatever it is, like start putting your faith, start developing that faith in God to trust Him for everything in your life. Because we don't know what the future is going to be like. Like let's just start like living by faith in our entirety. When we, when we live in every area of our life just full of faith, like it doesn't matter what the world throws at you. The devil can try to come at you from every which angle. And what does he find there? He finds faith. He finds God's word. Like he can't find an in. If we're living by faith and we're, we've developed that faith in every area of our life, pray, Lord, if there's an area that I need to develop faith in my life, show me what that is. Because I know the devil's going to come in and try to steal and try to kill and try to cause destruction in my life. Lord, help me. Develop my faith walk with you so there is no in for him. The just shall live by faith. What's interesting, in James chapter 2, in verse 17, he says something pretty, pretty harsh, actually. And this is where we'd like, to, we'd like to take out some scripture, but it's actually good for our toes to be stepped on. You know what I mean by that? For God's word to make us uncomfortable sometimes, to try to push us forward. Sometimes we need that don't we? In James chapter 2, verse 17, he says, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Well, that's not very nice, <laughs> right? Faith without works is dead. In the New Living Translation, it's kind of a, a little humorous, but it says uh, faith without uh, action is useless. It's useless faith. If you're not doing anything with it, if you're just a person of faith, but you're not actually using that faith for anything, the Bible says it's dead. It's useless. Have you ever been past one of those construction sites where you see one person digging the hole? You have five other lads that are standing around holding their shovels, watching the other guy dig. They're all construction workers, right? Those five lads, they're utterly useless. They're doing nothing. You have one, one guy doing all the work, doing all the heavy lifting, and those other five are doing absolutely nothing. The Bible says that their faith is dead. It's useless. Those lads are useless. They're getting paid to do what? To stand around and look pretty? They're getting paid to do something. Jesus' expectation is that we live by faith. Faith is an action word. It's not a descriptive word word, like a noun. It's an action word. You have to do something with it in order for it to be anything. If you're not doing anything with it, then it's dead. It's useless. I would say Hebrews 10.38 like this, the just shall live by active faith. 
That's how Jesus expects us to live. He doesn't expect someone in his body just to sit in a chair, sit on their hands, and do absolutely nothing in their life. If I, if I, if I were a construction manager, and I drove past that site, and I saw one, one lad digging and five other lads standing around doing nothing, I would park my car and I'd go over and have a conversation. You know, either do your job or you're done. I'm not paying you just to stand around. I expect that you're going to work for your wages. Remember that uh, parable that Jesus gave, the parable of the talents, right? Where he gave the different servants, you know, he gave one servant a certain amount of money, another servant a certain amount of money, another servant a certain amount of money. The first two actually did something with that money, invested it, made a profit, like they, they put that to use. That last servant, he just buried it. I don't want to lose it. You know, I thought I was doing a good thing. Well, the master was really upset at that servant. He wound up taking everything from that last servant and giving it to the first. You know, well, you're going to do something with it, so I'm going to give it to you. I don't want to be like that last servant. You know, like we, we say, I want the Lord to, to say to each of us, well done, my good and faithful servant. We're only faithful when we're doing something. We're not faithful if we're just sitting on our hands doing nothing. You know, we need to put our faith to action in our personal lives, right? Let's talk about the opposite of faith for a moment. Because I, I believe it's, it's really a necessity for us to uh, identify the opposite of faith in our lives. And the opposite of faith, as you can probably guess it, is fear, fear and doubt. The devil's number one weapon that he will employ against you is fear. What happens if we have a pain in our body, we wake up and we have a pain in our body, like what's our first thought? Uh-oh. I need to go to Google, find out what this is. Oh, no. Right? And he will try to get you into fear because if he can get you into fear, then he can get you into doubt. And if he can get you into doubt, he can steer you wherever he wants you to go. And he'll just, he'll just start loading you up. Here, take, take some of this. More doubt. More fear. Hey, you know, not only do you have that pain, but also now that pain is a tumor. He'll, just talk, he'll start talking you into whatever. If you, get in, if you allow yourself to get into fear and doubt, the devil will steer you whichever way he wants you to go. Your greatest weapon is your faith. The devil has no answer for that. When you're standing upon God's word, every single time he comes at you, it's like Jesus, right? The devil came to him in the wilderness and tried to tempt him, didn't he? How did Jesus respond to the devil's temptations? Yeah, he responded with God's word. That's how we should respond. When we have an ache, when we have a pain, when we get our ESB bill and we don't know how we're going to pay it, what's our response going to be? Our first response needs to be that fight. What is our attitude going to be? I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight this fight of faith, and I'm not going to allow the enemy to steal, to kill, and cause destruction in my life. Because if I do, for one thing, I'm not living in God's best for my life, but there's always that knock-on effect. There's always those dominoes. If you allow the enemy to steal, to kill, and cause destruction in your life, who else is that affecting 
Because the devil thinks on a, a little bigger scale than I think we give him credit for. He knows if he can take down that first domino, that there's these other dominoes that are going to drop as well. We're not just fighting for ourselves, but we're fighting that fight of faith for those around us. Like how amazing it is. Like we've talked about one of the great things about coming together as a, as a church is being able to come and encourage one another. It is so amazing when we have faith testimonies of God's goodness in our lives. Like that just encourages all of us. If God can do it for one, the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons, right? If he's willing to do it for one person, then he's willing to do that for any person who will have faith in him. He's not a respecter of persons. So if God, if, if, if God does something in someone else's life, then you should just raise your hand and say, next, Lord. Sometimes we get kind of envious of other people, don't we? Well, Lord, look what's happening in such and such lives. You know, it's like everything just seems to come so easy. Well, what about me, Lord? You know, why is this such a fight for me? I don't know. Sometimes that's just what it is. Sometimes the older you get, I expect a lot more from Aiden than I do from Aveline. During praise and worship, you know, Aveline's up here getting on the floor. She's warm, so she's taking water from her bottle, putting it on her legs. I'm just trying to worship the Lord. <laughs> she's being a five-year-old, right? If Aiden is doing that exact same thing, we'd probably have a conversation later, right? <laughs> Aiden, I expect you to act a lot older than a, than a five-year-old. Well, you're 16. There's certain things that I have expectations of you because there's a different level of maturity in his life than there is of a five-year-old, right? Well, it's the same way the Lord with us. He expects, you know, some of us have been Christians for a long time, right? He expects more of us from us than from someone who's only been a Christian for a little bit of time. We've had years and years and years to read God's Word and get it on the inside of us. He's going to expect more from you. So sometimes, the more mature of a Christian you are, some of those fights are actually going to be harder. The Lord has mercy sometimes for people that are younger. I have mercy on my five-year-old daughter, right? Because she just doesn't have the, the, the maturity just yet. Well, sometimes when we when we're not don't have that spiritual maturity or, or knowledge of God's Word, because we haven't been a Christian a long time, the Lord has mercy on those younger people. So sometimes, like, things happen in their lives because the Lord's having mercy on them. He's ex his expectation from them is less than someone who's been a Christian for many years. Does that make sense? Let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 8. We're going to look at a story real quick. So the devil wants to get us in fear. I'm going to roll things back a little bit just because it's been in the news uh, more lately. How many of you have heard about the, the wonderful resurgence of COVID? Heard, heard about that? So it's an interesting uh, thing. During COVID, what I, what I witnessed uh, many times was fear. We do not, as, as Christians, we do not need to fear anything of this world. We have not been given the spirit of what? Fear. Fear. What have we been given a spirit of? Yep. Of power, of love, 
and of a sound mind. It's interesting that word power, we've talked before, that's the word dunamis. It's the word we get dynamite from. That's the kind of spirit we've been given, a powerful spirit. We've been, we have not been given a spirit of fear. In Psalm 91, verse 3, it says, For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every disease. That's the New Living Translation. Someone had told me that during coming out of COVID, uh, they said, Brad, you, you talk differently than some of the other ministers that I've listened to. You're the only pastor who I've ever heard say that you do not need to be afraid of COVID. Yes, things can be deadly. When I was in India, I went and ministered in leper camps. There's a lot of deadly things in this world. But do we have more faith in that disease? Or do we have more faith in God? I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad. And I'm a pastor, so I have a, I have a responsibility where I'm going to teach and preach faith in this church. You will never hear fear. You will never hear doubt in this church. Because that doesn't help anyone. We need to be able to attack the enemy. We need to be on the offense. Does that mean that some of us aren't going to get sick? I have Psalm 91 right here that says, For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. My mom was a 26-year cancer survivor. You know, I asked her uh, one day, I'm like, Mom, how do, you, how do you do this? Like 26 years, like she was still fighting some battles. 1995, she was diagnosed. Uh, that year had, had surgery. And since that time, you know, there's different things that she battled till she passed away. But she went out fighting. I want to be known like that. I'm never putting down those boxing gloves, right? I'm fighting to the very end. But the thing we have to understand is that when we fight in that arena of faith, like we always win, no matter the outcome. Because like I said, even, even if we go to be with the Lord, like that's the biggest win, isn't it? When my mom passed away, it was sad, obviously. I'm not able to see her anymore in this world. But she's in the presence of the Lord. Like, if anything, she's feeling sorry for me, right? My son, my family, they're still down there having to deal with all the cares of this world and deal with a sinful world and deal with all these, these things. They're still having a fight every day while she's up there in the glory, never has to deal with any aches, pains, like anything. It's just enjoying the presence of the Lord. But in that arena, like no matter what, if we stay in that arena of faith, we always win. When we get into fear and doubt, whose arena is that? It's not ours. Those things are of the enemy. They're of the devil. Anytime we step into fear, anytime we step into doubt, we're stepping into his arena. We're not going to win there. You will never win in the arena of fear and doubt. You're only ever going to win when you stay in that arena of faith. That is the weapon that God has given you to fight. This is the sword of the Spirit, right? That's what we call it. It's an offensive weapon. It's sharp like a two-edged sword, the Bible says. That's because, you know, when you have a one-edged sword, you just have to hit one way. When you have a two-edged sword, it's much more better for attacking because you can go back and forth. But well, that's what the Bible calls the word, a two-edged sword. And what's interesting, you look at when John was on the Isle of Patmos, and he had the vision of the book of Revelation, and he saw Jesus. He saw a sword coming out of Jesus' mouth. That's how he described him. Well, what is that? That's the two-edged sword. 
the way we use that sword, the way we use God's word, the sword's coming out of Jesus' mouth, it's through our words. The way we fight, the way we put that faith to action, the just shall live by faith, how are we going to put that faith to action? You're going to do it by your words. In Matthew chapter 11, 23 and 24, you probably all know this, and this be a scripture that we'll use a lot, Triumph Church. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, like look at how many times Jesus says for you to say. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast to the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, that's another say. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. He's trying to make a point that you're, in order for you to triumph over those mountains, it's very important what you speak to those mountains. If you're speaking doubt and fear, you're playing right into the hands of the enemy. Because the more you speak doubt and fear, you actually talk yourself into doubt and fear. Our words have power. In Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Our words, our tongue, have power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. James says our life will be steered by our tongue. So it's very important what it is that you're saying. And the most important thing that you can say is whatever you find in God's word. Like, this is what you need to speak. This is how the devil, or how Jesus, countered the devil when he came to tempt him and to try to get him to, to sin. The way that we're going to counter the enemy is to speak God's word, not our opinion. Really, our opinion doesn't matter, does it? Your opinion doesn't matter. My opinion doesn't matter. You're not going to go to the devil and say, Pastor Brad said, are you? Hopefully not. He'll laugh at you. But when you go and say, Jesus said, God said, the word says, by Christ's stripes, I am healed, that carries power. That's the way you fight. You know, we sing the song, you know, this is how I fight my battles. That song has it incorrect, all right? You probably won't sing that song in this church. How you fight your battles is this. Yes, praise, praising the Lord and worshiping is a, is a part of that. But the way you fight your battles is by speaking God's word over the enemy trying to steal and kill and destroy, whatever area that is. If it's finances, find some scripture on finances. If it's health, find some scriptures on health and start speaking over that. Speak over those situations. Instead of speaking fear, instead of, instead of speaking doubt, speak faith, speak life. Amen? I'm going to end with this final scripture. In Jeremiah 32, 27, I love this scripture. It says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Sometimes it feels like something is too hard in our lives. But I like the question that, that the Bible poses to us here, and it's something for us to think about. Any situation that you come across, like you have to ask yourself, is this too hard for God? And of course, we know the answer. The answer is always going to be no. 
you know, no matter what it feels like, the answer is always no. There's nothing too hard for God. And if there's nothing too hard for God, if there's nothing too hard for God, then, then what would cause him not to be able to intervene in your life and turn that situation around? If you have faith in him and you're speaking his word over that situation, he's going to honor his word. He's going to perform that word in your life. You do your part, and we have a part. That's our part. It's to speak his word over our life, no matter how long it takes. Amen.